Welcome back to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome back to our watch club for She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. I will kill for you, Megan the Stallion. Welcome back to Watch Club. My name is Nate, and this is our Watch Club for She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, Episode 3, titled The People vs. Emil Blonsky, directed by Kat Coiro. If you're joining us for the first time, well, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, kind of like a book club, but way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this series and the MCU in general, so if you haven't watched this week's episode yet, be sure to do so, and then come right back in a snap. Now, before we all go on a date with a magical light elf pretending to be a woman with the surname of an equestrian mammal, let me introduce you to the other Hulksters joining me in the courtroom this evening. First up, he's a healthy, hot, hunka hunka burning Hulk. He's Kevin, king of the courtroom, Hudson. Hudson, still handsome. Yes, it's still <laughs> handsome. You, and you, you, it's funny, you were talking about uh, being frustrated at technology. And we asked you to plug in your computer, and then you had like you had to plug in, move a bunch of stuff. What happened? You looked like you were about to Hulk out. Are you okay? No, no, no. You suggested that I was going to, and I kept my cool, man. I'm learning. Oh, okay, I'm learning. I've okay. read Bruce's. I've read Bruce's binder. I got, I got some tips and tricks. <laughs> Thank uh, you know, I'm figuring it out here. Right. We can't. We can't afford yet another trip to the Apple Store. Uh, and sitting on trial next to him, he's ready to dismiss the deliberation of the deposition. Given by the defendant of the defenders, he's Darcy, the dank devil, Hudson. How's it going, Darcy? I'm good, good. Just finished up a game of D&D with my friends, so, you know, ready yeah. to talk some comics now. Good nerdy night for me. Dude, just a, a nerdy night all all around. Um, last week I asked you guys how you'd calm down out of a Hulk state, and Kevin, obviously, you, you, were, t- you were studying, so that's great. This week I want to know, um, what would you do... If you had Hulk powers, what would you? What would be a thing that you would get to do that you don't get to do uh, on the regular? If you have, if you know, with your puny man powers. <laughs> um, well, I guess uh, I'd probably travel more. It seems like they can get around pretty easily with their their jumps and bounds and stuff like that. So you know, I feel like I could see a lot more of Canada if I could just jump halfway across the country. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, like you're talking like super jumps, right? Like you can oh, just yeah. hop oh, around. Yeah. That'd be pretty convenient. Get to work that way. Jeez, never mind chemtrails. You jumping around and destroying things every time you landed would be far <laughs> worse, man. There's a lot of barren areas in Canada that are just forests and stuff like That's that. True. I wouldn't be hurting anyone except animals. That's true. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> oh jeez. Don't hurt the animals. Think of the animals. Darcy, Peter's going to be all over us now. They're going to be after your 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 Hulk body. Uh, Kevin, how about yourself? What did what would you do? Uh, well, you know, I I can think of one thing off the top of my head today. Uh, it took me 25 years to do it, but today I finally beat my old man in a round of golf. Uh, oh, wow. I've come, I've come close, but uh, have never quite gotten there, and then today it finally happened. Beat him by one stroke. It was it was momentous, but uh, uh, Darcy and I, uh, our younger brother Kelly is just in a league of his own when it comes to playing with us. He's so much better, and I think wow. if I had some Hulk power, I think I could add just a little bit of... Uh, distance to my drives and in that case maybe i'd have a chance of ever beating him because without it i certainly don't ever have a chance so yeah i would uh, <laughs> i'd be out there crushing baseballs 
shooting 500 mile an hour slap shots. I would just be a sports <laughs> superstar. They'd have to change all the rules for me. See, I'm, I'd be, I'd almost be a little worried that you'd be too powerful with it, though. Like it might be a detriment where, like, you know, you hit the ball and it becomes like a little like rocket that shoots through an airplane, and then you know. Forget about chemtrails. You're shooting airplanes down with, with shooting, golf balls, Kevin. There we, okay, but maybe that's how I defend, uh, you know, Canada is is with uh, various <laughs> sports uh, equipment. There we go. I like it. I like it. It's funny that you mentioned sports, though, because, like, for me, I've never been really into any sp- sport that much beyond getting the picture each week. Like, I would, you know, when I was a little kid, I would get the picture and then I was out. So there's a lot of pictures of me playing sports, but (laughs) I didn't actually do it. Um, But I probably would get into, I think I'd get into basketball. I think, you know, I think uh, upgrading my physique, I could, I could smash some dunks on the court. Yeah. Court. Is that how you say it? Uh, Kevin? (laughs) <laughs> uh, I, I will say it passes. That's good yes. enough. Smashing good. some okay. dunks is pretty good. I'll take it. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I can't wait to smash dunks as a Hulk. But listen, folks, grab a drink uh, and maybe a soulmate or seven because court is now in session with the Honorable Judge Nate presiding. Now, for this episode, I think we're going to break it down a little bit differently. You know, we might be changing the format up a little bit as we go through these episodes just based on the fact that this is a, a really new style of show for the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. So um, we're going to be kind of focusing on the two different court cases with a, you know, they, there's not too much crossover that happens. So I think we can kind of discuss each one separately. Um, and so we're going to kind of talk about the A plot and the B plot. So let's start off with the A plot. Our A plot consists of Jen uh, working with Emil to understand why it was he broke out of prison. And after confronting him, she learns that he chose to come back and serve out his sentence. Uh, Jen meets with Wong, and uh, he informs her that everything Emil said is absolutely true, uh, and that he truly has changed. He agrees to show up at his appeal as a witness. Uh, so let's start there. What did we think of seeing Wong yet again? I swear, like I think this guy is starting to become like the C three PO of the MCU. Like he's literally it's the it's the Wong CU as they've been calling it. What did you guys think of seeing Wong again uh, here in She Hulk? I mean, Benedict Wong as Wong is just so affable as a, a character that he he really does just smoothly fit into any scenario you put him in. You're always happy to see him. Um, it doesn't even need to make sense. But in, in this situation, obviously, they set this up in Shang-Chi. And so it's just a nice sort of through line from that story into this one. Anytime you get that connectivity, it works. Um, I think we all sort of guessed that was going to be how this all sort of bridged it, it, together and, and, and worked. So, yeah, it's, it's always just great to see him. He's, he's just so fun when he's on the screen and, and brings out uh, uh, just a, a great aspect of other characters around him. Totally. I also like how he explains how, you know, him training with Abomination was absolutely of the utmost importance because he was trying to figure out what he was doing as Sorcerer Supreme. So I thought it was really cool that you could kind of see a bit of his growth in that regard, because I'm assuming this takes place before uh, Multiverse of Madness. At least it seems like it does. Yeah, that's where I I kind of was a little um, 
I think you're right. I think we did get a bit of a confirmation from him in terms of the timeline here. But I listen, I love seeing Wong here. I love I love that he's the right amount of human while still being disconnected from the human world. It reminds me a lot of some of the comedy that we get with with Thor and especially even like early Thor. I think more so where it's like, you know, you you just see this guy that's like he's a he's a wizard in a in a human world um and it's I don't know, man. I'm I'm really really digging his presence in this episode and uh, I, I hope I hope we get more of him after he, he he dips in this episode. But um, all right. So then during the appeal, we get to meet Emil's seven soulmates, who I was wrong, um, are not the Thunderbolts. I thought they might have been the Thunderbolts last <laughs> week. Um, they are Blair, Ruth, Marta, Sheila, Alejandra, Yvonne, and Nicolette, uh, and they're all adorned in their like midsomar like flower <laughs> like head things and crowns, and uh, they attend as witnesses. And they see Jen really doing everything she possibly can to defend uh, Emil's recent actions. And after a few witnesses who worked at the prison share their testimonies, Wong finally shows up uh, to corroborate Emil's story. Uh, Blonsky demonstrates turning into the abomination and everyone starts freaking out. Uh, but this proves Jen's statement that in every single instance, Mr. Blonsky chose to reform back to a contributing member of society, even when he didn't have to. Uh, and after they review his record, they release him on parole, given that he doesn't turn into the abomination uh, and that he wears an inhibitor at all times. And of course, Jen got the idea for the inhibitor, both from her cousin Bruce wearing one, but also, as she's uh, upset to admit, from Dennis, um, who thought about maybe taking Runa's powers away, which we'll, we'll get to in a second. But guys, let's talk about this uh, this sort of A-plot here. What did you think of the court's decision? And do you really think that Emil is going to stay away from being the abomination? Well, you mentioned Thunderbolts already. So I right. don't think that he'll be staying away from it for very long. He's definitely going to fill the role of the Hulk character as opposed to a Red Hulk, as much as we don't want to see that, I feel like the A-bomb uh, is is the more viable option. I also love the update to the, the just the appearance of Abomination now. They made him a lot greener, I thought, and then also mm -hmm. the fins were more pronounced, and he looked a lot more like the, the comic book origins that we, we know him from. So I thought that was really cool. I, I love that whole storyline and just the impact he had in those those few people at the prison he seemed oh. to have been a changed man and that one guard so crying lovely. and breaking carl down. It's, carl it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, just feel, like, I, feel, I love how he's just like let, let it all out carl it's all right and he's just got that really dry like british humor from tim roth it was so fantastic mm -hmm, i loved it well i mean that's one of the things that works so well with with having abomination here and bringing the character back uh i mean i know i didn't get a chance to talk about it last week so i'm, I'm excited to sort of bring it up now uh, even just you know where Bruce made the joke, I'm I'm a new man. I'm a completely different person, even. Uh, and so while they haven't changed the actor here, um, you know, like you said, Darcy, they've updated the look just to 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 really be more true to that comic origin. And then they've also really changed the character. I mean, I haven't seen the Incredible Hulk in a while, but I don't remember Emil being quite this charismatic, this fun. And it's like if you have Tim Roth use him you know yeah and so any you know marvel is so consistent they're so good at at really really capturing consistency even over 15 years of storytelling but when they have a chance to retcon and fix something they often do it really really well and they've done that especially well with his character i think i love it and i love i love just how he's he just manages to like he made he helped the 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 prisoners make toilet kombucha 
<laughs> instead of toilet wine and just like I, I don't know man I, I I again I loved all of those different moments I thought there were so many funny little lines that were put in there and again I think his humor just works so well and I will say those seven soulmates got really hot and bothered when Emil transformed so I think there might be some some abomination attractiveness they might they, they might want that abomination body yaddy yaddy so I really don't think he's gonna stay out of prison for too long uh, and I think I also am, am going to kind of jump on the idea that, yes, I think he's going to be contacted by Valentina Allegra de Fontaine for a job that I think he'll need the funds in order to, like, fund his retreat. Like, he's going to start this retreat. He's going to do what he said he's going to do. And he's going to, like, be there with all the flower crown ladies. And then he's going to be like, ladies. And they all, like, come up to him. And he's like, I'm so sorry to do this, but I must go on this mission to save the world. <laughs> and then he like turns around and Allegra's just like writing a check for him or something like that. Like, I think it would be perfect. Well, I mean, uh, you know, in our world, we don't have superheroes or anything, obviously, but, you know, there are people who are uh, furries and they're into people in, in you know, certain oh, yeah. costumes and outfits. So, you know, in, in this universe, there are soupies, you know, and they, they just <laughs> dig anything sort of like that. Although... You know, you say he's going to leave them. Didn't we sort of see that alluded to in the uh, the animated credits at the end, where he's sort of he's on, on the, the bus, bus waving, yeah. waving goodbye? So I think he's already broken those hearts. Maybe. Oh no! Oh no! I hope not. I hope it wasn't just a ploy to get him out of prison, and that they're all just now so sad. I really, I think it would be really funny to just keep them on as continuing characters, especially because they're named, right? Like, I think it would be fun um to just bring them back but uh, listen speaking of callbacks there's um and speaking of the comic books there's a great callback to the comics where one of the paparazzi stops jen uh to ask her if her new powers were from the result of a mob hit um which i did a little bit of light reading and that's actually part of her one of her origin stories was that like a gangster shoots her and she needs to get a blood transfusion and that's how she ends up getting you know bruce's hulk, uh, hulk blood in her so i think like that was that was a pretty dope little just kind of throwaway little one liner. And again, another way that the show is being so self-referential to not only the MCU, but the comic book universe as well. The the newscasters in this show are absolutely unbelievable. They're the yeah. funniest group of newscasters I've seen since like, Parks and Rec. They're just yeah. not that there's necessarily recurring characters, but they're all just very aloof and very bad at their jobs, seemingly. And I I wonder if it's poking fun at you know things like Fox News, even CNN. But it's more just a hell of a lot of fun to see them literally hear somebody say something and instantly say that that's now the lead, and that's yeah. the, the you know I, I think they're having a lot of fun with that aspect with it. Yeah, and especially the way the internet is reacting as well, and and the paparazzi's reacting, and like, I, I do think there's a there is a sequence that's a little upsetting where like so many of them are on the wrong side of this thing of just being like like oh like oh yeah they need to make uh, a woman uh, Hulk now and all this stuff and it's just unfortunate because like you watch that and you're like oh yeah I guess that's kind of funny but it's not because that is real life like there's a lot of people out there that yeah unfortunately I mean that's are, just spot like on that. commentary about how yeah. you know how could a, a girl be the main Jedi and anything like that I mean yeah. it's just totally poking holes and and poking fun at not the situation but the people who who react like that it's it's making fun of the toxic fan base which you know yeah. let's let's poke fun at them any chance we can get 100% and i did i did love the uh, predictions about Emil and Jen's baby and if you look closely on Nikki's phone there's a, there's a picture of a little green baby abomination and it's so cute and I hope we get a baby abomination at some point in the MCU maybe from one of the seven soulmates maybe sh they will give him 
maybe all it'll take all seven of them to birth it, but we'll see. We'll see. It'll be like a Midsommar. You know what I'm talking about. You've seen the movie. Anyways, uh, let's keep going here to the other half of this episode, uh, which follows Pug as he tries to prosecute a life, uh, uh, sorry, a light elf shapeshifter in defense of his client, Dennis Bukowski, uh, or Dushkowski, as I like to call him. Uh, throughout the episode, we see Runa, the light elf, impersonating, uh, she impersonates Dennis, she impersonates Pug, she impersonates Judge Price, and of course, throughout the episode, she's impersonating Megan the Stallion. Uh, let's talk about this. What did you think of this sort of comedic B-plot storyline throughout the episode, and also the fact that we got a Megan the Stallion cameo in this episode? Again, it was just, this show is really, really driving home the fact that it's a much lighter entry in the MCU, and it's it's going to take all the chances it can to try and get a laugh out of us, and that's what I found this, this plot line really did was made me chuckle and smile a lot and and just laugh at how foolish Bukowski can be so yeah yeah totally on board for that plot yeah he he's clearly a a, a big asshole and like I love the part where he's he calls pug after he leaves the meeting and he's just mentioning he's like yeah someone might have towed his, my cyber truck because like, I apparently I parked it in a handicap spot like they're not holding back on just how much of a douchebag this guy is and um, yeah, I thought I thought this side plot was fun. It reminded me a lot of something we'd get from, you know, the the boys universe or from uh, even from Peacemaker, right? Like something James Gunn would probably put into one of his episodes. And we get to see the MCU really making light of itself and, and using world building as a way to have fun where, you know, it's not so much that they're world building out and, and building the, this serious storyline. They're building something that's just kind of goofy. Um and the fact that she's from New Asgard, maybe we get to see Runa again. You know what I mean? Maybe Runa shows up and pops up again. I'd love to see her again. I love her power set. I love when she tries to quote Thor with the whole, like, New Asgard isn't a place, it's a people. And the judge is like, listen, Thor, Thor quotes don't hold up in court, okay? Just, just stop. <laughs> it's so good. But, Kevin, what do you, you think of Runa? Personally, for me, it's it's all about uh, Josh Segura, who who plays Pug. Uh, I think he's mm. he just he's so fun. I mean, his best line still goes back to uh, the first episode there, where you know it's a map to the best place to poop in the office. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah. he's great, and like uh, so many law shows that I've watched in the past, they always have that main case that is driving the episode, and then they have a lighter oftentimes more fun case that that is just about filling in the time but also letting you get to know uh you know some of the 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 secondary characters and it really just gives him a chance to to do his thing uh it reminds me a lot of something uh, you would see on harry's law which was a, a great show starring kathy bates uh in the early 2010s and it again Kathy Bates was the main lawyer um, doing the main case, and then she had a, an underling who was doing smaller cases, and those were always just the most outlandish, the most ridiculous, the silliest cases. And so I'd love to see that in, in each episode where obviously, you know, Jed's focusing on like the main storyline, but, you know, Pug's getting caught with these or stuck in these just absurd little cases. I think it'll be a, a great through line if that's sort of the direction they go for the rest of the season. Right, like if they have more episodes with like the A A plot, B plot sort of Exactly, idea. yeah. I just think yeah. it opens up like just fun little ideas that wouldn't make a main episode storyline, but yeah. can definitely be a fun little uh, B, B plot. It was crazy seeing uh, Megan the Stallion and Jen twerking 
in the in the post credit scene. I think it was it was a, it was something I thought I'd never honestly see would be would be a Hulk twerking. Um, but I can't say I didn't enjoy it. I definitely can't say <laughs> I didn't enjoy it. I, I definitely had a good laugh. Um, but uh, but yeah, is there anything else we want to say about this episode before we get to the our, our sort of our next chapter here? Well, just talking about Megan the Stallion, I you know. Uh, the joke in the trailer, the joke uh, in, I believe it's the previous episode, this isn't going to be a show about cameos. And so now not only are we getting MCU cameos, but now we're getting like actual real world celebrities. Like I'm so excited to see what they're going to do. And if this, if this becomes a trend, I'm very excited. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I I hope we get to see some, that would be cool if they started bringing in other uh, like actual characters who play lawyers on TV. You know what I mean? Like I'm not I'm not as familiar with the, that world as as you two seem to be, but I think that would be pretty neat if they if that they would be to fun for sure. Yeah, it'd be a fun time for sure. Uh, yeah, no, I'm surprised you didn't mention it in your you know plot breakdown there. But when Jen was going home and she gets jumped by, oh, we're gonna get guys, to it. We're gonna get to it. We're gonna get to it. Uh, okay, Darcy, oh, you you're leading. You're leading the witness. Episode. You're leading the witness, as they say. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry. You bring up the post credit <laughs> scene. I make you think you've jumped to the end of the episode. Order, well, listen, order, listen, order, order, order in the court. Order in the court. Listen <laughs> now. There's what I have it written down right here. Now there's one more sequence we have yet to discuss, uh, and that's because <laughs> I wanted to hold it for our prediction segment, uh, which we're actually going to do this time around for this episode, which we're calling our closing statements. So before you give your prediction, you have to say, my closing statement, Your Honor, is, and then your prediction. So Darcy, you seem like you are absolutely ready to give your closing statement. Please. Uh, Yes, I am. What is it? Attend the bench? Is it it attend the bench? I don't know what they say. Anyways, (laughs) approach the bench. Approach Approach the bench. bench. You You got it. Yeah. Uh, my closing statement, Your Honor, uh, is that we just got our first appearance of the Wrecking Crew. Uh, I mean, it was already confirmed oh. that they'd be making their debut in this show, but this is the the four man supervillain team that is basically armed with Asgardian tools. Uh, so it is very funny to see them get trounced so handily because that kind of is their role in the MCU is that they're the minor villain before the big bad villain shows up. So. What I think they're working for is uh, definitely Thunderbolts because they are, do have ties to that uh, team in the comics. And that also leads into Secret Wars with their storyline. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're working for uh, Vanessa De La Fontaine, whatever her name is. I ne- yeah. never remember. Yeah. But uh, I definitely think they're working for her. And they want she wants the blood so that she can make more Hulks, obviously. Fill out the Thunderbolts and just the military with you know a, a viable Hulk system. I like that idea. I like that idea. Uh, thank you so much. You may take your seat. Uh, Kevin, please approach the bench. It's, it's so hard for me to, to sort of predict what's going on here in terms of w- what we might expect to see from these characters going forward. Uh, I will say it's looking more and more likely that my uh, question from the first episode, that maybe we will not see Titania anymore, uh, it, I, might be, I might have been onto something, and, and they might be trying to maybe instead of stretching out these characters for multiple episode arcs, it's going to be cramming in as many of these sort of, you know, smaller, lesser known villains and and, and antagonists into the show as possible. And I would almost prefer that just, you know, because then you almost go back and read up about the characters and learn more about them rather than them being a driving force of the show. So, yeah, I think because it's it does seem to be this case-by-case, week-by-week sort of show, I think... Uh, Rather than seeing repeat visits from um, these these villains, we're going to see just more appearances from different ones every single week. But I am very curious to see 
who the wrecking crew works for. All right, all right. Let the uh, let the record show that that was Kevin's closing statement, please. He did not uh, formally address it as such. Um, <laughs> uh, my closing statement, Your Honor. Uh, you know, we we see Jen stepping out of her car after a long day work. Long day's work. She's confronted by four men who've recently robbed an Asgardian construction worker. Who I totally thought they were like. I was going off on theories of like maybe they're they're like they're they're uh, Jin from the from the Nord dimension or something like that. They're not. Um, and you know they realize you know she realizes she's got Hulk powers and she Hulk turns into her Hulk form and kicks the crap out of them. And we do see them attempt to extract her blood. So I think you I think you're onto something there, uh, Darcy. However, what you failed to acknowledge uh, is the the running theory uh, that the leader from the original. Hulk movie, uh, Timothy Blake Nelson has been heavily rumored. Justin kind of uh, off air sort of was telling us that he had it. He was kind of thinking maybe the leader, maybe he'll be coming back. And obviously he wants that blood. I have a theory that maybe his, because he had like a, a big giant factory of, of blood that I think, I think it got destroyed somehow. I think we'll learn about how that was destroyed, but I don't think it's so much Allegra de Fontaine. I think it might be the United States Armed Force who is working with her, with him, who wants her blood uh, to reboot the super soldier program on their end. They've realized now that the super soldier serum has gotten out. We saw it happen in uh, in in Falcon and Winter Soldier. They've realized, okay, we've made a mistake. We have to make something that is better than that. I mean, it's the U.S., right? So we got to make it bigger and better. And and they're, they're I think I think they're going to try and get him to. I think he knows. He says he knows a way to reboot the program, but he doesn't want to tell them that it's with Hulk blood because I think, especially with the recent resurgence of the abomination in the public eye, the U.S. military is not going to go for that plan. So I think he's he's not able to use the resources of the U.S. military. So he has to hire these common thugs to go in and try and get some blood out of her when she's not in her Hulk form. So I think absolutely. Um, I think you know. I think it was. New rock stars, MT and Justin and a bunch of people on Twitter. I definitely think that the leader uh, is behind this. I think he's the big boss, uh, and I think he's the big enemy that we're going to be kind of uh, seeing here. Um, and and I think that's why he needs the blood. I think that's what it is. That's my closing statement. I, I like where you're going with that, but I'm going to make a slight adjustment to it because I rebuttal, feel like he wouldn't will. be the big yeah. boss. Yeah, a rebuttal, okay. but building on it. I'm not denying it outright because mm, I don't mm. feel like the leader would want that. He's smarter than that. He's He knows what he needs to do. I feel like he is maybe working with Thunderbolt Ross and maybe we will get a chance to see Red Hulk because again, he is someone who wants to fight the Hulk with the Hulk. So that's something oh. I could totally see him doing. And I, again, he you can't have the Thunderbolts without Thunderbolts Ross or Thunderbolt Ross. So that would be really cool to see a Red Hulk hit the MCU from this thing and have the leader be the reason why he got those powers. Because that'd be a great way to bring back both the... Uh, William Hurt and um, Tim Blake Nelson into these roles again because it was awesome. Right, but with with William Hurt recently passed away, um, it, unless it's footage that's maybe reused, or to your point, if they're just going to do CG Hulk, Hulk version, version. Yeah. of his character of Thunderbolt Ross, maybe that's how they can can maybe continue with that character uh, of bringing them into. It'll be interesting to see because I know there's a lot of controversy in Hollywood of. 
you know, do we continue people's characters past their their death, right? Obviously, um, with, you know, the unfortunate passing of, of William Hurt, but also like, definitely of Chadwick Boseman uh, and their approach to kind of what seems like they're going to be doing with Black Panther. It'll be interesting to see how they maybe approach that. Maybe it's his character. Maybe it's another character adjacent to him that was close to him that is going to be that sort of character that carries that forward. But that's it's not a bad idea of just maybe giving us not only a Red Hulk, but a smart Red Hulk. Right. Maybe mm-hmm. that's what mm-hmm. the leader is sort of figured out. I can I can I can not only make a, a Hulk, but her she seems to be able to be in control while she's in her Hulk powers. So therefore, maybe that's the blood I need. And that was how the th- uh, Red Hulk was introduced, was a Hulk who used weapons, because, okay. you know, he's cool. <laughs> All right. Okay. Wow. Well, let the record show that this has been a quite a scintillating uh, prediction segment. Uh, but let's get to our overall thoughts and final score, uh, which we're going to, for this episode, we're going to be rating on a scale of one to five twerking Hulks. Kevin, I'm going to get you go first this time. Uh, now, I, I didn't get a chance to give a score for the last episode, but so, so I'm mm. going to sort of just, rather than grade the episode itself, I'm going to almost grade it on the progression I see coming from the show now that we're, we're three episodes deep, because I believe I gave the, the first episode of the season a 4.3, and I just think overall, um, the, the tone of the show, the just the simple nature of the storyline, it's just so easy to follow, comprehend, I think... So many things are going to get really complicated, really difficult to follow, really difficult to sort of put all the pieces together from where do I know them from? What does that mean? How do I know that thing from before? I think as we go into phase four and beyond, it's going to get really complicated. And this show doesn't need to be that. And the fact that it isn't, that it knows exactly what it is, the kind of story it wants to tell and is embracing that, I think is just so refreshing and fun. Uh, I'm really enjoying not just the portrayal of, uh, you know, Jennifer here, but, uh, you know, the people she's with. I think uh, I'm excited to see them sort of grow on this journey as she becomes a superhero. Uh, And uh, again, just this case by case, week by week sort of format that they're going with is such a fun, terrific uh, idea in order to tell this story. And so uh, it's, it's moving right along. I can only see it getting better as we go along and, and we really understand the character more and sort of once that big bad guy, uh, big uh, threat of the season gets established, it'll only become that much more clear. So uh, I'm going to bump it right up to a, a 4.5 out of 5 twerking hulks. Uh, and uh, I can't wait to see where it goes next. Very good. Darcy, how about yourself? Uh, yeah, again, Kevin pretty much said it all in his his little breakdown of the last few episodes. This this show really knows where it stands in the MCU as a lighter entry, uh, as well as just being a, a little treasure trove of all these obscure and random comic references with Titania, the first episode, now the Wrecking Crew, and I'm sure what will be more random things from the, the pages of, the, of, of comics. So as a comics fan, I, I can only look forward to seeing what other random things I'm going to be remembering from the comics I read years ago. So in that regard, I'm loving it. And again, the characters, like Kevin said, surrounding uh, Jennifer are amazing. You love Pug. You love her paralegal. Like everyone is has these qualities to them that make him an endearing character. And I, I can't wait to see, like Kevin said, how their their progression uh, advances throughout the series. So I'm going to maintain the course with a solid 4.5 out of 5 twerking hulks because so far this, this series is everything I want from a, a fun, you know, workplace comedy. All righty. Okay. 
Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I I definitely am hearing a lot of the sentiments that you're giving. And I think overall for myself, the series is so strong in what it's trying to do. It's dripping with confidence. It knows what it wants to do. Um, and I'm still really having a good time with it. I do think that the the pace for the show is something that I'm personally still getting used to. Uh, Darcy, you said last week that the show seems to be adapting or adopting the the law procedural template so much that it's even taken on the format for the narratives in their shows and how they usually have like a single episode or a two episode arc. And I definitely think that's the case here. Um, again, like with last week, in comparison to what we're kind of used to with these live action Marvel shows. This felt like half of an episode, the second half of last week's episode, which is totally fine. And again, I think it's something that over time I'll, I'll start to feel a little bit more and more uh, comfortable with. Um, it's pretty much the resolution to Emil's case and then a funny side story about Dennis and Runa, which, again, was so much fun, had a lot of laughs. And I think, uh, you know, I, I do think, though, that a lot of people, including myself, might might want this to maybe establish a little bit more for the overall plot before bringing in the idea of an A plot, B plot structure. Like this is something that I could see in like an episode five or something like that, where they're like, cool, we can, we, we've given enough uh, gas on the pedal. We can slow down a little bit before we gas it back up again. Um, but I will say again, th this episode, I think the comedy wise definitely did more for me than last week's. I love Benedict Wong. Anytime he's in anything, he's just fantastic. The way he interacts with, Jen and the rest of this world. Um, this episode felt like the closest thing, as I said, that, you know, something we'd get from a James Gunn or the boys uh, with the Runa storyline. Uh, and I, I love just how much of a gross idiot Dennis is. I think it's just fantastic that we get to just rip on him. And I hope we get to continue to really rip on him and just show how absolutely terrible and horrible he is. And I hope he never comes back from it. Like, I literally hope he's just always a dick. Like, I don't want to see a redemption arc for Dennis. Don't do that. We don't need it. It doesn't it doesn't matter. Um, and I did, you know, I like that we got a stinger this week. We got an ending that felt like it was actually teasing where the series is going a little bit more. Um, and I think for me, that's what makes this episode slightly better than last week's. Uh, and I can't wait to find out why those guys attacked her, if the leader is truly involved, uh, and, and if that's who their boss is. So overall, I'm a little higher on this episode than last week. I'm going to give it a solid four out of five twerking hulks. All right. Okay. Well, that is it for this week's episode of Watch Club for Marvel's She-Hulk Attorney at Law. We hope you enjoyed it, and if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts, if you haven't already. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts or predictions on the shows we cover in Watch Club, well, let me just Hulk slap you over to Kevin to let you know how you can reach us. Well, as always, they can reach us by email at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. If you want to hit us up on Twitter, we can be found at geekcentricyt and on Instagram, uh, you can find us. We are geek centric. Kevin, I like how you said you can you can hit us up. That was a great Hulk uh, joke. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> keep in mind, we also have a ton of other episodes covering the latest in movies, TV shows, and games, including our interviews with both director of the series, Kat Koiro, and head writer and executive producer, Jessica Gao, where Justin sat down to discuss the various ways in which they've implemented their own experiences into this show. Uh, and you can also check us out on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric, where you can see that interview if you want. You can see our lovely faces. Also, if that's not enough for you, we have our spoiler-free reviews for Marvel's I Am Groot, Netflix's 
Day Shift, The Sandman, also from Netflix, uh, Skydance Animation's Luck. We have a review for Prey from Hulu and Disney+. Plus. Uh, also, I'm excited to say that we uh, we have an interview coming up. If you're a fan of Cars, we had the opportunity to chat with, get her done, Larry the Cable Guy regarding his time playing Mater in the upcoming series Cars on the Road coming to Disney Plus on September 8th. We'll have a review for that series as well coming soon. Uh, what else do we got? We've got our weekly This Week in Geek episode, uh, which our most recent one was great. We actually uh, had Megan, Justin, myself, and Darcy. We all sat down uh, and talked about our experience at Fan Expo Canada 2022. We talk about the panels. We talk about the overall con experience uh, and some of the wonderful folks that we got a chance to interview. So definitely go check that out. And speaking of those interviews from Fan Expo, uh, they will be dropping on our uh, YouTube page pretty soon. So definitely keep an eye on our socials. Uh, click all the things, subscribe to all the things, and please leave a five-star review if you don't mind. It definitely helps us out. Uh, just one more thing, though. Going forward for these watch clubs, we will be doing them. Uh, we'll be releasing them on Fridays going forward. We don't have any more uh, pre-recorded stuff, so everything's going to be recorded on the day the episode comes out, and we'll, we'll pop it out on the Friday. So you can watch the episode. You have a ton of time to do so. Uh, and then the following day, you'll be able to listen to our thoughts and theories and speculation and maybe right into the show. Uh, but that is it. Darcy, Kevin, thank you so much for joining me for this Watch Club. And as we say, Hulk, Hulk smash! smash.